Looking for new threads? Well, we've got you covered at the Music Is Live podcast official merch store over at tpublic.com. Whether it's t-shirts, baseball tees, hoodies, coffee mugs, travel mugs, phone cases, or onesies for your infant rockers and metalheads, you can find everything you're looking for over at the Music Is Live podcast merch store at tpublic. Go to my link tree at l-i-n-k-a-t-r dot e-e forward slash Music Is Live podcast and get your merch today. Buy my stuff and thanks for your support. TerraNut is proud to offer you a natural nut bar chock full of healthy fats, minerals, and protein that meet your demands. Go to their website, www.terranut.com. You can order from them directly, and they will ship it to you. Use my coupon code, LUMAVS, and you will get a 25% discount on your first order. TerraNut Superfood Snacks, www.terranut.com. Don't forget to use coupon code, LUMAVS, at checkout. Fuel your life. You're listening to the Music Is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network. Music Is Life podcast. This is your host, Lou Mabs. Check out everything you need to know about the show over at musicislifepodcast.com. I have a huge announcement to make. I have a co-host now. Someone who is welcome on my show anytime I have any guests that are not death metal or hardcore. But regardless, this is someone who has been a friend of me for almost 20 years. We both worked at Viacom together. I am far removed from that industry, but she's still in it. And I pray to God that she makes it out every day. (laughs) She is someone who I've worked for and worked with. She is someone I consider a friend, a confidant, family in general, and she's a fellow metalhead. I'm so happy to have her on the show, as I call her Lady D, but you can call her Mrs. Denise Escobar. (laughs) Denise, how are you? I'm good. Wow. What an intro. My goodness. <laughs> now I got to live up to that. Good Lord. <laughs> nah, you're fine. You're fine. Denise. We have known each other for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 20 years. Yeah. You know, to think I would, I, like I said, I worked for you. I've worked with you and mm-hmm. it's been great, great years of friendship. A lot of camaraderie. Oh yeah. A lot of fun fights. <laughs> oh, you please do mention to the good viewers at home and listeners what one of those big fights were. Go ahead. Those, well, there's there's two I can think of. Um, oh, two. Okay. Two. Well, there's uh, Batman versus Superman. Superman. Uh, the comic nerds are going to hate you for this one, but go <laughs> ahead. And then the other one is um, David Lee Roth versus uh, what? Ronald McDonald with ramen noodle hair. Is that who you're talking about? It. Oh my goodness. Sammy Hagar. Sammy yeah, <laughs> Hagar. Yes. That's the two beefs that we have first and foremost. I never thought you preferred Hagar to Roth. You know why? Because the 5150, I was just learning how to drive and I had that, you know, tape in my car all the time. So there's a lot of nostalgia attached to that. Got it. You know what I mean? And I just love all the songs. I love his voice. You know, I love a couple of the his solo songs and everything. I, I don't know. I just think it, and also he's, he owns a bar on a beach like that's his like he just seems very laid back and cool and chill. You know, 
so by that uh, by that token, then you must love Jimmy Buffett too. Um, not as much, but <laughs> Jimmy Buffett can be chill. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Love his great love ballad. Why don't we get drunk and screw? Great right. stuff. Anyways. <laughs> it's so hey. romantic. <laughs> oh, I know. Hey, listen, I mean, I you could like whoever you like. I I oh, I, I, I just prefer Dave. I've always preferred Dave. A lot um, of people do. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a very good uh showman. Yeah. You know, on stage and everything. He's very good at live and and just, you know, with the people and everything on those kicks. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, also just stage. a different beast between dave and sam i don't know i mean dave's like genghis khan sam's like mighty mouse stop it stop what? it it's just my opinion <laughs> it's attitude it's attitude that's what it is that's two different attitudes between them yes okay so i uh, fine <laughs> i'll give i'll give you sammy but there's no way that you could tell me that the dark knight returns the graphic novel written by frank miller Batman whooped Superman. It happened. Superman is an alien, basically, with supernatural powers. Batman just has a lot of gadget. You take money away from Batman, he's got nothing. And you take Superman's powers away from him, he's got nothing. And there's only one thing, kryptonite, right? Right. And so you can buy that at the local drugstore? I don't know where you could buy it, but Bruce Wayne bought it. It's very hard to come by. And if that's the only thing? Yes. And it happened. He nearly killed them. <laughs> I just want you to know, as we're discussing this, I'm going to show in the bottom the clip of Batman whooping Superman. It happened. <laughs> we will end this argument once and for all. What did what he say? What ems? Uh, but if it was just sheer man on man, without gadgets, without kryptonite, who would win? Oh, but that's unfair. Oh, well... Well, okay, wait a minute. You're saying you're saying take away Superman's powers? Who would win in a fight? Actually, yeah, I would say that too. I think okay. Superman's pretty buff. Batman, it was proven. No, I humbly disagree. Anyway, okay. Anyways, moving right along. But this is what uh, happened at work when we were working together. <laughs> this is why nothing got done. Anyway, sorry, Kate. I know you're watching this. Hopefully. <laughs> But hey, shout out to our old boss, Kate Hannigan. We love you. Sorry, Kate Coletti. Kate Coletti. Kate Coletti, yes. Yes. So Denise actually is a fellow podcaster like me. She comes from the ABG podcast. Talk to me a little about that. You did it with our mutual friend, Rob Graziani. You were involved with the charity. What was that like uh, podcasting for you? Well, Rob Graziani, who's the uh, founder of AVG Fund, it's basically providing entertainment for people who are going through cancer treatments. We were giving Netflix vouchers for people who were in the hospital who couldn't leave. We were giving tickets to the Ducks baseball game, and we had the private suite that was uh, temperature controlled and certain foods that they can eat and so they can get out, just like get out of the hospital and just think of something else for, for a change. Just have a good time and, and have good memories that will hopefully last a lifetime, a very long lifetime. You know, we want them to recover. So that was very fulfilling, but also sad because some of the people that we work with and that we helped passed away. So that was very sad, but we were grateful that we were able to give them those memories with their family. So that was pretty cool. So we decided to spin off and do uh, a podcast uh, and just have people that we know that we've worked with. One guy, even has, his son had um, had cancer. So he was kind of, you know, talking about his experience and everything, you know, just things like that. You know, we try, and we also did a um, a prediction at the beginning of the year. So we'll see what uh, 
what we come up with in January of 2022 to see if how much our predictions came true. But unfortunately, ABG fund actually has been put on hold because of COVID. We couldn't really do anything because everything was shut down. And especially any visits to the hospitals were, were limited because of COVID. So we couldn't even donate certain things because of the COVID restrictions. So we kind of put that on pause for a bit. But I think that Rob is ready to get back into it again now that everything's opening up. That's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Once it does get up and running, please throw my name into the hat of doing anything I can to help promote you guys. I love you and Rob to death. So to be able to really push something that you believe in wholeheartedly, and especially a charity that's helping people with cancer, cancer, you know, it took my dad's life, it almost took my mom's life, my aunt's life, Mm -hmm. my mother in law is a breast cancer survivor, anything I can do to help, please, I'm letting it be known right now, anything I can do to help this woman, I will. I'm gonna hold you to it. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Appreciate that. Thank you. Never thought you'd do my podcast before I do yours, but hey, it's happening. And uh, I'm just so happy to have you on. Oh, thanks. I'm I'm happy to be here. Very cool. I mentioned one of the things that I said you could do is you could tell a uh, funny story about me when I worked with you at Viacom. So go ahead. Just one. Is it the the phrase that you thought you knew you what meant? What go ahead. Go ahead. Let it out. Sure. Go ahead. (laughs) Mind you, I was a very, very sheltered child. Uh huh. And at 32, I still didn't know what this statement meant until I said it. But go ahead, D. <laughs> I forgot what the circumstance was. We were in the middle of doing like a big promotion, and I started feeling a little anxious. And okay, yeah. So then he's all of a sudden, he, like, we're talking about this, you know, this project and everything. Like I said, that we're anxious, and we don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that you said that you were going to reach out to Rob and tell him that you were pitching a tent about this, and that you weren't sure what to do. And I was like, um, what? Please don't do that. I'm like, do not write <laughs> any email with that phrase, please. And you looked at me like, what? Doesn't it mean like, you know, getting angry or, you know, you're getting frustrated? I'm like, no. I'm like, and then I told him what it meant. He's like, oh my God, thank God I didn't write it. <laughs> Although I probably should have made you do it <laughs> just to see what would happen. Yeah. And for the record, if no one knows what that means, it basically means this expression. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't go there. Anyways. And yeah. plus, he would also think that you actually were enjoying it, not frustrated. If, you were if Rob pitching. knew I was enjoying it, he would have like doubled the workload. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was no stopping that man. He was like, he wasn't just push the button and go. He was ludicrous speed and go. Right, right. Well, it seems like he had all these ideas and just, he, you know, was very excited and rolling it out. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But man, he was, he was a great SVP. You know, I just, I, I miss our, uh, our little, um, instructional design family. We were, you know, it was great. We had a great group. We did. The the people were awesome. We really did. Unfortunately, you know, they dissolved the department and a lot of people got laid off. We were all terribly sad about it because we all missed each other, you know? Yeah. And I was the first to leave by, by quitting the company. And, uh, oh my God, every day I missed you guys. It was crazy. But, uh, (laughs) either that's why it's like, Hey, one thing I want to tell people when you have someone you care about, 
Don't let go of them. All right. <laughs> I got D back in my life again. So that's awesome. You are too funny. Yeah, I try. Are there any stories about me? I don't know well, there are, but I promised I wouldn't speak of them. Anyways. <laughs> you can. I get you can, I guess. I don't Are care. you serious? I mean, it's not like no one knows. All right. We're making it way bigger than it is. <laughs> All right. So when uh, when I first started working at Viacom, Denise was my supervisor. And, you know, we were talking, I think we were on lunch break or whatever. We were just chilling. And did you see this on my resume or did it just come up in conversation? Actually, I think uh, it was on your resume. Right. Because I had posted on my resume that I was a production assistant for a month at Troma, the longest running independent New York film studio. She asked me what film did I work on? And I said it was Terra Firma. And she said, I was in that film. Now, I'm not going to say which scene it was, but, I'm, you know, to Denise's credit, she did not have to take her clothes off for the, for the role because oh my goodness, <laughs> every other actress did except her. So, oh, well, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, no, 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 I, that, I did not do anything like that. Thank God you I did actually it. <laughs> separate scenes. One was in the forefront and the other one was in the background. So we both worked on the same film and we didn't know each other. So. But no, other than that, I have no embarrassing stories of you. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm an angel. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, you're pretty Did you work in the in the house in Brooklyn? No, I had left. I had left by that point because for me to have worked on the film itself, I'd have to be on location in Brooklyn every day. And at the time I was 17 years old, I just graduated high school and I was working part time at Lecter's. I was saving up money to buy books for college. So I didn't get to work on the actual production. I worked in pre-production, which is why my name is not on the credits. But epilogue, my name finally did get into the credit of a trauma film. Which one? Return to Return to Newcom High, a.k.a. Volume 2. I was one of the crowdfunders for it. So I donated 50. I was like, if I have to pay my way to get up my name on a trauma film, <laughs> fine. I don't care. And I did. And Lloyd Kaufman sent a uh, an autographed uh, Blu-ray copy of it. And I got the scripts. And, you know, I, I got some cool stuff. Yeah, because Kickstarter, you know, they, they incentivize you to donate. So, yeah, I'm happy. So That's cool. Cool. All right. Yeah, my <laughs> friend Ralph, actually, his band, Thrash or Die, they're on the soundtrack for the film. They do the theme. So, uh, you know, oh, nice. to, to, to be able to be on a film with him and to say that Lemmy from Motorhead was in a film that we you could find our names on. It's like right. bucket list right there. <laughs> so I can't complain. Big. We are going to talk about our 10 favorite Def Leppard songs. Now, this does not mean the best 10 Def Leppard songs. This means our personal Absolutely 10 favorite exactly. Def Leppard songs. So fanboys out there. If you don't hear photograph or pour some sugar on me on any of these lists, calm down. And we're not unvalidating you. We're just saying these are our 10 favorites. It's bad enough I got enough hate on TikTok for not having Stevie Ray Vaughan on my top 10 favorites. I said, and I kept telling them, I didn't say greatest ever. I said my favorites. Right. Why isn't that your favorite? I don't know. Must be everybody's favorite. Because <laughs> Steve Clark made it to number seven. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. Uh, so, yes, our 10 favorites. So how far back does your love for Def Leppard go? Well, it's funny because when I was looking through all the songs and everything, I, I was realizing because I thought it would be hysteria. 
to be honest with you, because again, that was when I was, when I was a teenager and I was just getting into metal and stuff like that. It's the nostalgia part of it. And, you know, hysteria had come out when I was, I was still in high school. And I thought that I would be pulling a lot of songs from that album. And I actually didn't. A lot of my favorites are, are off of Pyromania. And I didn't realize how many. I actually liked them before I liked them. Do you know what I mean? Like I liked I totally their earlier do. stuff more than, than when I first discovered them. If that makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. I discovered them when Pyromania first came out. So we're talking about 83, 84, when they were on their first huge wave of success. So I was three or four years old, but... Thank God for my older brothers because they love Def Leppard and they had Pyromania. When most kids my age were singing Fuzzy and Blue from Sesame Street, I was singing Photograph. <laughs> nice. That means you had some good upbringing. <laughs> I did. I did. Thank you, Tony and Mike. Rest in peace, my brother Mikey. Yeah, that's when I learned about this band. Every, and, I, and I can remember this. Everyone was walking around with British flag tees. In America, it's like, why are you wearing... British. <laughs> we know why. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Yeah. And, and then Hysteria came out and it's like, wow. Like Haley's Comet. Who who could have seen the success of that? Especially after what happened. Yeah. Mr. I Rick mean, Allen having lost his arm in a horrible car accident. I mean, who thought that he, first of all, that he would be back? You know, you talk about resilience and, and powering through and being strong and, and going forward anyway, despite anything that gets in your way. Holy cow. Absolutely. That band has overcome so much. I mean, Rick's accident, losing Steve Clark, Rick yeah. Savage's Bell's palsy, and Vivian Campbell being diagnosed with cancer. Right, I forgot about that. Yeah. And still, they move forward, you know, They're still playing out. I remember seeing them at Jones Beach not too long ago. Yeah. Both times I've seen them were at Jones Beach. I remember telling uh, John Witten of Shockwire, one of my previous guests, this my first time seeing them. The first five songs were the entire first side of High and Dry. And that's oh, yeah. my favorite Def Leppard album. So I was spoiled. <laughs> there, there, there's a couple from High and Dry that I like on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I love Hysteria. There's only one song on it I don't like. What's that? excitable i never liked that song it's not one of my favorites no i feel like if you replace it with any of the B any of the b-sides even their their ridiculous cover of release me from engelbert humperdinck it would have been a better album That's just my opinion. Oh, they did a cover, the personal Jesus. That's an honorable mention for me. I liked it. Did okay. you like that cover? I didn't mind it so much. I, I I thought it was I mean, I love the song. I love the Depeche Mode song. So, you know, the only and, I, and it was close to it, but just a little bit more rock. Def Leppard ish. Yeah. Right. Guitar driven. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it was good. Well, I actually don't have an honorable mention, but I can think of one. So that's okay. <laughs> I have a few actually. All right, all right. So until we get to number one, we'll you know, then we could throw out our honorable mentions. But okay. you, my friend, Lady D, you have the floor. What is your number 10 song? My number 10. Okay. She's too tough. From Retroactive. That's a great one. Yeah. I just love it. Just the chorus and everything. And that's one of the things I love about Def Leppard. There's their choruses are like, you just want to sing along and like, you know what I mean? They get you pumped. So I Absolutely. like most of their type, those type of movies, not so many ballads, but 
those type of, of songs I like. That yeah. is a great one. I even heard the Helix version of it. Do you remember the band Helix? Yes, I remember Helix, but I never heard that version. Yeah. Oh, I should check it out. It's on their 1987 album. Uh, YouTube has it. So. Okay. It's. I'm checking it out. It's it's it sounds like it it sounds like a Helix song, but then you hear the <laughs> Def Leppard song and you're like the Def Leppard version. And you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> I love them both. So cool mention. Own? Cool. Yeah. What's your 10? Actually, it's off the same album. Okay. Retroactive. Oh, OK, so I, I wonder how many of these are going to pair up together with, uh, you know, both of us. This is actually the song that starts off retroactive. So Desert Song is my number 10. I loved it. The moment I heard it, I was just like, wow, how did it get so heavy again? You know, yeah, like, yeah. it sounded very like Led Zeppelin, Whitesnake-ish and yes, just a killer riff. And that's the thing. I mean, Steve Clark's name is on this. All the respect to Phil Collin and uh, Pete Willis. But Steve was the riff master. So yeah. good stuff. Yeah, their first album, actually, Joe Elliott's voice in, in a lot of the songs are is much lower. Yeah. His voice got higher or doing like the scream rock, the scream sing. Yeah. You know Ma I mean? Lang pushed him on High yes. and Dry, <laughs> yeah. which is why That's I say High and Dry is the greatest sounding. album that ACDC never released. Right. Because <laughs> right. it's like they were it's like he was pushing them to like, you know, yeah. create like Back in Black Jr. But. You know, such a killer record. Yeah, he he pushed him to do that. And he sounds good on both. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, but the high is really, that's their sound. I feel like that's their signature sound, the high. Definitely, which is why yeah. they pretty much avoid On Through the Night Like the Plague at this point. <laughs> which is a shame. I love that album. But anyways, uh, yeah. number nine. Number nine is Stage Fright. From ah, good Media. one. Right? I love that song. Love that song. That the probably should be pushed up I feel like that may, might be. See now, I'm, I'm second guessing everything on this list now because I'm. I love stage fright, so that might be pushed up, up the list. I'm not sure, but I'll leave it at nine for now. Ah, you could make them interchangeable. It's fine. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. stage fright. <laughs> I mean, both the studio version and the version from In the Round in Your Face. I mean, like when they played those songs oh, live, yeah. it's like they added more energy to it. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they sound really good live. Not many bands can say that. Definitely. Yeah. My number nine is actually off of their most recent effort, their self-titled album. And the song is Dangerous. Dangerous. Okay. I heard this song and I was like, this should be on like playlists with classic Def Leppard songs. You know, like it belongs yeah. there. I did like the self-titled. I thought it had some good songs, but this mm -hmm. was just the diamond in the rough for me. So yeah, let's sit out. Yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's a good song. Yeah, th th that's as recent as I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to admit, everything on my list is from Hysteria and, and before. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Number eight. Number eight is, even though this is a ballad, Too Late for Love. Is it a ballad? Um, yeah. That's a pretty rock yeah, ballad. It is a ballad, but it, right, absolutely. And and if I'm going to like a ballad, that's the type that I like, you know. It, it's like a ballad, like Nobody's Fool from Cinderella is a ballad, you know, like it's right. It's like a ballad. Exactly. Where, you're not dancing with somebody. You got your fists in the air and singing in key. Well, hopefully in key to the song. <laughs> exactly. That's exact. That's a great correlation. Yep. All right. My number eight is off the debut album on through the night. Mm -hmm. And it's a song that closes the album overture. Oh, overture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I listened to on through the night for the first time ever. I got the cassette for Christmas in 91. So Steve Clark had already passed away. 
And I thought Def Leppard was done. I didn't even know they were recording Adrenalize mm. at the time. My brother got me on through the night on cassette. So now my collection was complete. I had the, the first four cassettes. That's right, kids. Remember cassettes? And um, <laughs> I heard on through the night. I'm like, this is Def Leppard. I mean, it sounded so different from Hysteria. And I, but I still loved every song. And there were two songs on it that just blew me away. One of them I haven't mentioned yet. That's further up on the list. But okay. Overture was one of them. And I was like, wow, I didn't know they could be so epic. Right. A yeah. killer epic song. Yeah. And you can tell just by the by the name Overture. It's yeah. Normally an Overture starts a musical. <laughs> this, in this case, it ends it. it ended it. Right. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? <laughs> yeah. Don't you think? It's like, right? No, I don't want to get a copyright strike. <laughs> All right. Lucky number seven. Let's get rocked. That is a good one. That is a good one. They it's play just it. a fun song to sing, you know, and, and bop to. Personally, for me anyway. No, totally. I agree with that. I know for me, that being the video that premiered on MTV in March of 92, showing us that Def Leppard was back. I rushed home from school that day to watch it and looking back the video's graphics are so 90s but man at the time it was exciting right <laughs> i'm gonna have to check it out i don't remember try not to laugh anyway so number seven it's the demo version of the song that i love because it was the final solo that steve clark ever cut and that was when love and hate collide yeah oh yeah just something about the demo version, I think, is like the, the true version of the song. In context, it's very reminiscent of Love Bites. And I absolutely love that song. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like, you know, Love Bites is like the angry song. When Love and Hate Collide is more like the passionate version of it. And yeah. I don't know, just the solo that he cut on it was just like, oh, man. It was very movie-esque, that song. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like You can put that in there in a... In a- you know, in a montage of a love scene <laughs> or something, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's a good song. I like that. Yeah. Number six. Number six is, um, believe it or not, another ballad. Have you ever needed someone so bad? She's really digging Adrenalize. Someone so bad. I love hey, that. hey, no copyright strikes. Come on. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Sorry. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I'm not monetized yet, but I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just love that song. I mean, because I mean, who hasn't been there? Who, you know, unrequited love and just wanted to be with someone and, you know, who hasn't had that pang, you know? And, and when at the time when I heard it, it was like, yep, that's how I feel right now. You know? Oh, breaking my heart now. <laughs> that's what I mean. A lot of the songs I pick have nostalgia you Got know, it. attached to it. So <laughs> and I love it. I, I do think that's a great song. I have to admit, like, Adrenalize. Uh, that's kind of a polarizing record, but one of my top two favorite songs is from that album. But oh, Have You Ever Needed Someone So Bad is a great one. So, yes, I'll give you that. Number okay. six, oddly enough, it was the name of their debut album, but the song itself was released on their second album, High and Dry. And that song is On Through the Night. That song just kicked you in the face yeah. <laughs> and said he did it and then ran away. You know, like <laughs> that good. I mean... I don't know. I, I and again, I love what Phil Collin and what Vivian Campbell have contributed to Def Leppard. But man, that original guitar team of Willis and Clark just, you know, 
Yeah. Good stuff. And Joe Agreed. doing his best Brian Johnson impersonation. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> You're number five. My number five is Foolin off the Pyromania album. That is a cool one. Pyromania has, has so many good, thick songs. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're just they're just good. <laughs> it's a perfect album, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I get scared because it's like that album was such a product of its time and mm-hmm. it was perfect for the time. But we're talking 38 years later. It still holds up. Oh, so. still. Absolutely. And I, I, I feel cheated that I didn't discover it sooner. <laughs> I feel cheated out of quite a few years without that album. <laughs> oh, I feel cheated. Don't worry. I mean, like, like I said, I was three when it came out. <laughs> And when I was younger, I mean, I, I, I grew up in a very strict household and I wasn't actually allowed to listen to metal. I was only allowed to listen to Striper and Bon Jovi. And I had to talk my mom into the Bon Jovi. <laughs> so I had I discovered a lot of this music a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. I had to sneak it. I had to grab it when I could. So that's a little background about <laughs> about why I didn't discover Pyromania first before Hysteria. But. That's that's quite all right. Number five, this is actually the second song for me off of On Through the Night, and that song is Wasted. Wasted. That's got one of the greatest riffs ever written. Why do I like that song? Wasted. What? (laughs) I am not a drinker. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) This is my drug of choice, caffeine. Caffeine. (laughs) Anyway. No, but I do. I mean, when I first heard that, like I said, I was 11 years old mm-hmm. and I remember telling my dad, I said, Dad, I want to learn a guitar now. He said, no, I had to wait a year and a half. But, you know, that, that, that was just like that was it. That song was a game changer for me when I heard it, you know, yeah. and uh, Steve, again, just shines uh, on that song with his with his solo. It's like the only song they really do live from that album now. And they'll do it reluctantly. <laughs> Apparently, there was a story where I think it was Joe Elliott or Phil who said one time they said, let's do Wasted. And it's like, yeah, we heard nine people screaming for it. And then at the end of the song, there wasn't even like a round of applause. It's like no one knew the song. I'm like, how's that possible? <laughs> Meanwhile, I watched a bootleg from the Euphoria tour. They played three seconds of it. The Japanese fans go crazy. And it's their second to last encore of the night. And they said, because it got too much of a reaction, we're going to play the effing thing. And they did. (laughs) And the Japanese fans went crazy. Now, Japanese fans, from what I heard, are, you know, they're very quiet when they're seeing performances go on. And if they like it, you know, applause or whatever, you know, golf claps or whatever. No, they went crazy. So that means they must have really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Dying to, uh, you know, hear them perform live one day. All right. Number four, Lady D. Number four, photograph off the pyromania. <laughs> wow. How original. <laughs> hey, listen, it's, you know, like I said, I love that. I love that album. There's going to be more. Spoiler alert. <laughs> hey, you know what? You, you picked She's Too Tough. So, you know, that you get, uh, you know, street cred for that. Points. So that's cool. <laughs> Nice. And uh, I feel uh, like stage fright too. Stage fright kind of gets lost sometimes. You don't really hear people saying that they like that song. It's usually, you know, fooling, photograph. 
Well, because other- people are accustomed to the hits or they're accustomed to whatever they hear on right. repeat on classic rock radio. You know, it's like, okay, right. like what are the three songs from, from Power Mania that were the biggest hits? Photograph, Foolin' and Rock of Ages. So you'll constantly right. hear them on classic rock radio. This is right. why I like playlists. <laughs> All right, what's yours? Wait for it! Well, actually, it's off Pyromania. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, number four, the epic track, Die Hard the Hunter. That's a great one, too. The crazy thing is they've only performed it on two tours, Hysteria and Adrenalize. I don't think they've ever really? performed it any other times other than that. Not even on the Pyromania tour? <laughs> no, they didn't. And they played weird. Billy's Got a Gun instead, which is a great song. But oh. yeah, no. Die Hard the Hunter was not performed on the Pyromania tour. And wow. oddly enough, Pyromania, that was the last time they played Overture. It was on the UK tour before they began their American tour. So Interesting. I wonder why. I wonder why they left it off. I guess just because, you know, they were riding the wave of high and dry and it was the big, you know, volcanic mm. explosion of Pyromania. So, you know. Yeah, I guess. I guess they, had, they had enough hits to play, I guess. Yeah, don't forget, by the time Pyromania came out, On Through the Night was already four years old. So, mm. no, not, not On Through the Night, but I mean, well. But they had what, enough. They had enough to play. They had to cut something. Right. What I mean by that is, you know, they released their first EP by themselves independently back in 79. That had Rocks Off, Ride Into the Sun and Overture. Mm-hmm. So by then, you know, it's like those songs have become old for them. So they just said, all right, let's retire it. You know, people want to hear mm-hmm. the new stuff. and. And they're still performing it. <laughs> like the wow. majority of this stuff is from Pyromania and Hysteria. And I don't begrudge them that, but I want to hear album cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fly well, to Vegas. They're going to play to the to the audience and the audience are going to want to hear the hits. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to play to you common fans. <laughs> anyway. Uh, All right. Okay. Number three. Number three. Bring it on the heartbreak. Slash switch six two five. I'll give it to and you. I know, yeah, I know. I, it's technically another song, but I don't care. I have always listened to it back to back. Oh, it fits perfectly. It's like yeah. you know, it's like off the example, the Judas Priest album, "Screaming for Vengeance." Mm-hmm. There's the Hellion, and then there's Electric Eye, and people say there's two separate songs. Well, it sounds like one to me, so right. I'll give you that for bringing on the Heartbreak six, Switch six twenty five. Cheater. I mean, it goes. Uh, it, but it goes into it seamlessly. It does. <laughs> Live, they play them both yes. together, which is great. Yes. Yes, they do. That's why I consider it one song. Nothing wrong with that. All right. My number three is the only track from Hysteria that I have on this list. I'll let you guess what it is. Pour some sugar on me? No, God. <laughs> if I never hear that song again, I'll be happy. <laughs> It's so ingrained in my DNA. It's like I'm hearing it now as we're talking. Oh, God. Um, All right. I'll give you a hint. It's on side two. I don't remember sides. All right. Well, it's the epic song from Hysteria. Give up. Not pour some sugar on me. That that is not an epic song. (laughs) But But it's very, it's like Hysteria. Everyone knows that song. Everybody. I don't. Well, maybe diehards only would know it. But it's Gods of War. Oh, okay. I should have known that. Duh. I should have known that. Ah, just such a killer. Again, a killer riff, a killer song, and one of the best pre-choruses and choruses they've ever done. Holy crap. Good stuff. That's a good one. Number two. 
I don't want to say no. Why? Pour some sugar on me. Okay. It is a fun song. It is a fun song. A lot of people know it. And I love bringing together people maybe that don't listen to the same genre as I do and kind of sing along. That's fine. It's like I, a kumbaya thing. <laughs> look, I, I'm happy you like it. I'm just burnt from it, but I'm happy you like it. And I get that. I totally get that. I do. I do. But it, it's just it's just a really fun song. I love it. It's like there's three songs I never want to hear ever again on the radio. Hotel California, Stairway to Heaven, and Freebird. And what are three songs you can guarantee to hear on rock radio? Those three. Those three. I can I can stand to hear Hotel California. I, I like hearing that. Not but after reading Laura like Shellis' book. <laughs> the other two, though, I agree. Yeah. All right. Stairway to, you can keep Stairway to Heaven. All right. So number two for you is Pour Some Sugar on Me. Okay. Number two for me is my soul selection from Adrenalize. It's the song that was dedicated to Mr. Steve Clark. And that is the epic track, White Lightning. Oh, okay. Hearing that song the first time, I got the goosebumps. I still get them to this day, mm-hmm. you know? And Phil just completely annihilates the solo on the song. So, you know. And the fact that it's dedicated to Steve Clark. Makes yeah, it that much more, you know, special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You I know, and again, the only tour they performed this was on Adrenalize. I'm sure that it, it emotionally, you know, it kills them to play it. And I think that was a real cool treat they did for fans on that tour by playing it. Yeah, that will go down in history as one of my favorites from them. So, all right. Time for honorable mentions. Uh, Run Riot. Good one. Uh, That's one of mine. Mm-hmm. I said before the uh, the cover of Personal Jesus, mm-hmm. Love Bites, because again the nostalgia, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not your typical love song like sappy love song. It's like saying it's an angry love song. Exactly, it's like Love Bites, and again I can understand, and I bonded with that song, mm-hmm. <laughs> Animal. But it was different sounding mm-hmm. than the rest of the songs. I don't know. I just liked it. All right. you? Any so a Run Riot, um. You already mentioned Too Late for Love, so that's cool. I'd have to say Coming Under Fire. Okay. My third honorable mention, I would have to say, uh, man, every time I hear this song, you know, I, I get the adrenaline pumped and it's Let It Go from High and Dry. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. 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 All right. So Agreed. now, drum roll, our number one favorite Def Leppard songs. Lady D, you have the floor. It's Rock of Ages by pyromania the first time i heard that song i think my pupils dilated i was just like oh this is an awesome song i mean just i love everything about it the beginning that weird whatever whatever he says in the beginning whatever it is (laughs) just the whole thing the chorus i just i love it from beginning to end and always have and if it's on i gotta keep it on I'll never get sick of that song ever. Yeah, that's one of those songs where you just, you don't turn it off if you hear it. So Right, right. All right. My number one is a shocker because this is also off retroactive and it wasn't a hit. I, was, I may not know it then. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> but my favorite Def Leppard song from retroactive, Ring of Fire. You can't deny that riff is not killer. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, that is my favorite Def Leppard song. I, I can see that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool mix. Our top 10 favorites. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. We had some, some the same, but I'm surprised at how different our lists were. I'm an album cut nerd, so I go deep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a hit girl. I, you know, I like the hits, but I mean, there's some good songs, you know? The truth is there are no wrong answers. We're all Def Leppard fans, <laughs> so that's all that matters. That is absolutely true. I look forward to more future shows with you, D. This is going to be great. And I'm just glad to have you, you know, on this ride with me. So, well, again, thanks for letting me be a part of it. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a blast. We're just going to have so much fun. Intelligent, lovely and beautiful, isn't she, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Anyways, being silly. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. So. Thanks for checking out the Music is Live podcast. Check us over at musicislivepodcast.com. Also, check out our parent network, ratsawreview.com. Also, go anywhere that you download your podcast from. Please go back and listen to the different selection of episodes that Denise and our friend Rob have on the ABG podcast. You know, show them some love. You guys do good work, and God bless you guys for everything you do. And anything I could do to help, I'm happy to do it. Thank you. And and I definitely will hold you to it. It'll be fun to work together again. Definitely. So, yeah, it'll be good. I won't be pitching <laughs> right, a tent this time. <laughs> oh my God. So many things I can say, but I'm, I'm going to keep it clean. Keep it clean. All right. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thanks for watching, everyone. D, have a great night. You too. And remember, right, all guys. art is valid. Cheers. Yes. Hi. Thank you for listening to the Music is Live podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm and Ratsaw Review. Check out the other shows on Ratsaw Review, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man Metals Musings, The Right Opinion, The Vieira Vault, The Team Otoki Podcast, The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, and The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. Graphics by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find them on Twitter at R-O-C-K-Y-B-A-I-A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by The Rebel Medium, written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Leyuk, and Lou Mavs. If you'd like to donate to the channel, please donate to our PayPal at musicislivepodcast at gmail.com. If you're in a band and you want us to review your music, then contact us at Maps at musicislivepodcast.com. Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle. With much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, check out www.musicislivepodcast.com. And don't forget to check out www.ratsireview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers.